Okay, good evening or morning, depending on when you are watching or listening to this. Welcome to part 17 of our Wednesday night series. This is why we have Psalms. So I want to say a special welcome to all of you who are listening out there on our podcast and also to everybody who's watching live. I can't tell you how much I miss teaching with humans in the room and the dance that we do as we uh, feed off of one another. So here it is me in, um, in my office and I've been really um, just settling into Psalm 22 today. For those of you who are familiar with it, you'll know that this is the Psalm that Jesus prayed the first line of it while he was being crucified. So it's a rather famous uh, Psalm in that sense. Not quite as popular as Psalm 23. It's interesting to me, and I've always, um, it's not gone unnoticed uh, in, in, my, in my own mind that Psalm 22, which can appear on the surface to be um, very much uh, just a psalm of, of despair or lament, don't worry, it's not going to be a downer, pardon me, for us tonight, uh, is, is tied up with Psalm 23. So um, I think that those two work well together. So good evening to our friends who are joining, and I invite you just to throw some comments in the margins. And I'm going to read for us Psalm 22. It's going to take a moment, and I don't always read all of the Psalms, but it's important that I read all of Psalm 22, uh, and you'll see why here in a minute. And then we're going to look at the story of Jesus's crucifixion, which we normally don't go outside of the psalm in itself, but I think that this one, uh, this is a teachable moment with uh, how Jesus prayed the psalm. So Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer and by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy enthroned on the praises of Israel. In you our fathers trusted, they trusted, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. They, He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth, and from my mother's womb you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me, strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I'm poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it's melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. You have rescued me from the horns of wild oxen. 
I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I'll praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel, for he has not despised or abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He has not hidden his face from him, but he has heard when he cried to him, but has heard when he cried to him. From you comes my praise in the congregation. My vows I'll perform before those who fear him. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the nations, all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. And so now it's, it's more reading than usual tonight, but I, I do want to read to you Psalm um, Matthew chapter 27. And we're going to build up to the moment to where Jesus prays the first line of Psalm 22. And then I'll offer some thoughts for us tonight. So let's start, uh, let's start in verse 27 of chapter 27 of Matthew. And the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. Kneeling before him, they mocked him. You see Psalm 22 already saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, and they compelled him to carry his cross. And when they had come to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall, but when he tasted it, he wouldn't drink it. When they crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. They sat down and kept watch over him there. Over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, King of Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you're the Son of God, come down from the cross. Also, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we'll believe him. He trusts God. Let God deliver him. Can you hear the echoes from Psalm 22? If he desires him, for he said, I am the Son of God, and the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now, from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, The man is calling Elijah. One of the things that um, you may or may not know is for Jews to pray the beginning of a psalm is to pray the whole thing. So when a Jew would say the first line of the song, the psalm, it is as though the Jew is saying the whole psalm. So if, if I were to say, the Lord is my shepherd then you would be able to pick it up from there. And I, I would not just be saying the Lord is my shepherd, 
what I would be saying in my prayer would be the whole of Psalm 23. This is how the Psalms work as prayers in the Jewish mind, and Jesus, being a Jew, would have prayed that way. And we have just had a storm come out of the middle of nowhere in <laughs> sunshine. It's so weird, this Florida weather. And so when Jesus uh, says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That isn't all that Jesus intended when he prayed those opening lines. Jesus intended everything that is written in Psalm 22. So if I were to pray, the Lord is my shepherd, then I'm also praying, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and so on. And if I were to pray, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from me? Then I would also be praying all the way to the end. I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I'll praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. I would I would be saying that even a even a prosperity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn that he has done it. So the righteousness of the Lord being proclaimed to a people even yet unborn. That sounds hopeful that the Lord will endure. But my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Doesn't sound very hopeful in that moment. But when Jesus was being crucified, he wasn't just saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He goes all the way and he says, the afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. Now, Scripture doesn't record him saying that, and even if he didn't vocalize those words, it's irrelevant, because that's not how praying the Psalms works. To pray the beginning is to pray the whole thing. To say, I pledge allegiance, you know the rest of it. Do you get the point? So, while Jesus is in a moment of suffering, while Jesus is in a moment of agony, Jesus also has hope in the victory of God and in the power of the resurrection, and then the reality that the glory of God will not just be proclaimed in his lifetime among his sisters and brothers, but it will be proclaimed even to a generation yet unborn. He knows that not even death can stop the victory of God, that the final word is not death, that the final word is life, resurrection power, and victory. And what God did for Jesus, God will do for us. So, what was Jesus thinking about? What was he praying while he was on the cross? He could have picked a number of prayers, but he picked this prayer. And it might be worth you spending a little bit of time reading Matthew 27 and Psalm 22. Because when Jesus was being crucified in Matthew 27, he knew all of the Psalms by heart. And of all the Psalms he could have prayed, he prayed this one. And certainly there are some moments in Psalm 22 that seem like foreshadowing or prophecy or prediction or however you might say it. But I think even more than that, in addition to that, is that Jesus, as he's suffering, picks this particular psalm. So why, why does he do that? All right, let's, let's unpack this a little bit and let's think through 
why he might have picked this particular uh, psalm and what he's saying. So in verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We're not going to cover all of it, obviously, but you know, part of, part of suffering and part of just normal life is sometimes feeling forsaken by God. Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Part of the Christian life, even for Christ himself, who wasn't a Christian, <laughs> he was a Jew, but part of the walk of faith, even for the Son of God, is to feel the moments to where you can even just feel distant. You can feel distant. You can, you can experience, you say, well, Jesus never felt distant. Okay, at least Jesus knows what it's like to feel distant in some sense. And he's, he's identifying with people who have felt distant and is praying that prayer. And so, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Have you ever felt like your prayers were hitting a brass heavens? Well, Jesus has prayed that prayer with you, so there's hope. And then we go to what I would call the the turn. So you have verse 1, why are you so far far from me? Why have you forsaken me? I cry out, you don't answer. And then watch what he does in verse 3, the psalmist David, and then even Jesus as he's there on the cross. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you, and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. Well, I thought in verse 2, I cry by day, but you don't answer. Yeah? Yeah, in that moment, it doesn't feel like God's answering. But what Jesus does and what David does in that moment is he doesn't, he doesn't anchor his emotions in that moment. And he doesn't let his thoughts get stuck in that moment. What does he do? He draws on the faithfulness of God across generations. The God who was faithful then will be faithful again. So, verse number uh, 6. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me and they wag their heads. He who trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him. We just saw that right there in Matthew chapter 27. But look at verse 9. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breast. So in the one sentence, I'm a worm and I'm not a man. And then in a couple of verses later, you took me from the womb and made me nurse in my mother's breast. So obviously he's a man. But have you ever felt less than? Have you ever felt dejected? Have you ever felt not good enough? It's all part of the life of faith. And some people get off of the journey. They, they stop the journey because they get stuck in a moment. And they think they don't have enough faith because they feel far away or that their prayers are seemingly not being answered. Keep walking because the next verse is the one where it says, Yet you are he who took me from my mother's womb. So don't, don't quit the journey of faith because you, in your mind, you're, you're forsaken by God or you've committed some sin and maybe you've gone through just deep, deep pain and deep tragedy and you feel forsaken by God. My friends, my sisters and my brothers, keep walking. Keep walking. We're not putting our trust in our emotions. We're putting our trust in the one who our fathers and mothers of old have found faithful. All right, let's see. Verse number 11. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. 
the one who feels forsaken says, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. I love these words. They just articulate how we feel and, and how, how we can experience trouble and pain sometimes. But I want to point out just again that the life of faith and the life of suffering, because to, f- to follow in Jesus' footsteps is to suffer, is, is not to give up when we feel defeated, and it's not to even think that you know the highs are going to last, and you know this. It's to take the lows and the highs. It's, it's to say, okay, I, right now I feel forsaken. I feel like my prayers aren't being answered right now. This is a hard time. It's a, it's a challenging time for mental health. It's a difficult time to be a parent. So I have two children. I mean, we, we had to walk through this week thinking about, are we going to put them back in school? My wife's a teacher. My brother works in the school district. You know, I'm not talking about from a political standpoint. I'm, I'm just saying my, my family is in education. I love education. I have, I have too, many, too many years of education. And I love it. I, I want them there. I'm thinking, okay, is this what's right? Or is that what's right? And I, I can't say that I got an answer from God. And then I had to make a decision yesterday. A lot of people are going through some, some tough times and have a lot of guilt and have a lot of anguish. And some people are going through some things that are just, just heartbreaking right now. I just want to encourage you, give yourself grace. You can pray, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But you can also pray, my brothers and my sisters, we're going to celebrate in the presence of the Lord. And even a generation yet unborn will praise Him. That's the good news. That's the hope. So don't ridicule yourself whenever you feel down. And uh, don't think that it's always going to be uh, you know, a bunch of, of spiritual highs in your walk with God as well. So suffering produces both anguish and hope. A normal Christian life produces anguish and hope. Sometimes we'll fear, feel very close. Sometimes we'll feel very far. But I want to go back to the beginning and kind of end where we started. The person who prays, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Began the prayer by saying, my God, my God. So even though you would say David felt far and some would say Jesus felt far, there's still a personal relationship even in feeling far. So if you don't misinterpret the times where you feel far away, it's actually a time to where you can seek the Lord. So you don't freak out when you feel far, you seek. Because this is not some unknown God. This is your God. This is my God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So it's not just some absentee God, some deity in the sky. It's my God, my God. So what we see from David and what we see from Jesus is that the life of faith and following God's will can feel very tough and God can feel very far. But yet there's other times where God feels very close and it feels like everything's going great. And so with Jesus, we we say, my God, no matter what. So there's a few comments that have come in here tonight. I just want to I uh, want to greet some of our friends. Just say hello to Kayla and Jimmy and Christine and Elaine and 
Michelle, Alicia, Malia. It's like Elsie and Josh and Diane. And so many others watch throughout the week and others are watching even now. And just want to encourage you uh, with the words of our friend Malia Grant. Here we go, Malia. This is good. Seek out, don't freak out. I like that. That's nice and simple. And uh, I think that I think it's good for us during these days. So um, here we are. We're in week 17 of This Is Why We Have the Psalms. And uh, who knows where we go from here. I think we have at least a couple more weeks ahead of us. We may go all the way, but I've been noodling around with this idea about moving into the parables of Jesus. We might throw a psalm in there here and there as well, uh, although it has nothing to do with the parables of Jesus. But I've been thinking about that. And so just pray with me and uh, because we want to grow as, as a body of believers. And we're going to be coming to you over the next couple of weeks and letting you know Here's the path ahead as we move into the fall. Here's the plan for the fall. Here's how you can engage. Here's how you can pray. Here's how you can support and link hearts and hands with us as we go God's way together. And uh, I just want to encourage you, keep going. We love you. We're here for you. Reach out, leave us a comment, and uh, go to our website. If you need prayer, just let us know. 